0: This podcast contains adult language and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, friends and enemies. We want to introduce you to our podcast, Marmalade Mysteries. We are four best friends brought together by true crime, but separated geographically. Because apparently we have to be independent people or something.
1: Is this just another true crime podcast?
0: Mm, Kind of.
1: We discuss murders and mysteries that confuse and baffle and cover missing people to help rally community awareness. But the most important part of our podcast is our friendship. Aww. We have Ariel, our foodie who lives in London, Georgia, our bon vivante in New Orleans, Lisa, our nurse who is saving the world in Texas, and Olivia, our anime lover in Hong Kong.
0: Despite living across the world from each other, we make it work. With late nights, early mornings, and lots of coffee, time zones are our biggest enemy.
1: We're just having fun with it, and we want you to come along this adventure with us. Get ready to bring your theories about the most talked about murders and mysteries of our time.
0: Like what you hear? Love true crime? Subscribe to Marmalade Mysteries and look out for new episodes each Monday. Stay mysterious and we'll see you on the other side.
1: Hi, I'm Grant.
0: And I'm Erica. And this is From, From crime, crime, to to crime to Crime.
1: Welcome back to From Crime to Crime, Murder Monsters. Do you like Murder Monsters? No.
0: <laughs> no. Oh.
1: Murder Monkeys?
0: Murder Monkeys. I don't hate.
1: Oh, it's because it's kind of like uh, Wizard of Oz, huh? That's what I was thinking.
0: I haven't seen Wizard of Oz, so I'll let you have that one.
1: Ever? You've never seen Wizard of Oz? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh my gosh, Eric. It's one thing to not see like Star Wars, but like to never have seen Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I
0: like, also have not seen Star Wars.
1: Yeah, I know, but like Wizard of Oz, like I'm gonna be talking to your parents because that's oh just you can not talk a, to them
0: they they complain as much as anybody else.
1: No, I I completely plan to complain to
0: to them about you never seeing the Wizard of Oz. That's not okay. Oh yeah, they'll you, they'll tell you join the club, dude. They hate Mary Poppins because that's all I watched when I was growing up.
1: That's it. I mean, Mary Poppins is good. Don't get me wrong. For all the Disney fans out there. Love it.
0: We've too, been over but, this bed knobs wait, and broomsticks and Mary Poppins. That's it.
1: We need to get into this episode before I'm ready to be done with this entire podcast. This is absurd.
0: <laughs> Sorry, dude. Uh, so, Chim Chimney right, away. Well, we should get into this episode because I gave
1: you a Mary Poppins reference and you didn't even respond.
0: Sorry, it wasn't that good.
1: Oh, oh, oh you can't okay. say Chim
0: Chimney like with no emotion.
1: I said "chim chimney away,"
0: yeah, but you have no emotion. Should, in. I, sh-
1: should I have said like "chim chim You do.
0: No, you gotta go "chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cheroo.
1: Would you like me to say it with my chest? Yeah. Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim cheroo <laughs> All
0: right, Is we need better? to get into this episode because it's actually not a very long one at all, but it's complicated a little bit.
1: I need to hear that chim chimney chim chim chirru before we uh before we publish this.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm gonna cut all that out because it's not that funny to anybody but me and you.
1: I'm having a great time.
0: <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> hey, oh, we need to tell start me, this.
1: Tell me the story.
0: Yeah, this episode is not gonna be super long, but it is very interesting. Yeah,
1: this case is really interesting. It's unfortunate because there's a lot of like police mis mishaps. And yeah. when you see those, it's just those are the more infuriating ones. Like, yeah, we know it's already going to be tough. And then the police kind of, you know, don't care. It, it yeah. makes it even harder to to stomach.
0: It is. So our story tonight starts with a girl named Amber Alyssa Takaro. Now, Amber was born January 3rd, 1990 in Alberta, Canada. And we don't know very much about her biological parents, but she was adopted right away by Andrew and and Tootsie Takaro, who already had four sons.
1: Oh, so this was like their little princess.
0: Yes, that's definitely how I would describe it. And that's how the family describes it, is that she was pretty much like the light of everybody's life. Like, they were so excited to have a little girl.
1: And that's awesome. You know, I mean, like, what what more could a child want than to be, like, the chosen one, I guess?
0: Yeah, the center of attention. Right, Exactly. So they were members of the Mikisew Cree First Nation and they lived in Fort McMurray which is a pretty small town when you're comparing it to Edmonton. Right. So like you said Amber was the center of everybody's Life And her brother, Paul, has described being fiercely protective of his younger sister, which I'm sure all of her brothers were.
1: Yeah, I would love to have had four other brothers to help protect me from my or protect my sisters. That would have been super fun Four dudes like that. That would have been a really like fun house to be in as a brother, I think.
0: Yeah. So she was known for making everybody laugh and she liked to sing and dance a lot. But her mom says that she wasn't real good at that, but Amber would (laughs) joke and tell her she was going to be a big star someday.
1: This sounds like a uh, podcast host that I know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am going to be a big star one day. Right.
1: You can dance, though. I'll give you that.
0: Yeah. So by 2010, Amber was 20 years old, and she had a 14-month-old son named Jacob, And she was struggling a little bit with being a mom. Not being a mom, but just being independent and being a young mom. But she was a good mother to him. And she shared her love of music with him and dancing and all that stuff. And he was just as lively and vivacious. Nah, I'm not going to say that word because that sucks. Vivacious? Yeah, I'm like, I was struggling with it really hard. You want me to say vivacious? He was just as lively and vivacious. Why can't I say that word?
1: You want me to say vivacious for you?
0: Yeah. So he was just as lively and...
1: Vivacious.
0: As she was. So, like <laughs> I said, she was trying really hard to be a good mom, and she was trying to become independent, and she was struggling to find a, a home for her and Jacob in Fort McMurray. And so she ended up staying three times at a place called Unity House, which was like an organization that offered people help and resources when they're trying to find a place to live, kind of get on their feet.
1: Is this just for like mothers, like single mothers, or is this for like men too? Is this for like a whole community? Do we know?
0: From what I've looked up, it seems like it's for single moms, but I could be wrong on that.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking.
0: But every time that she went there, she ended up calling her mom to pick her up and take her back home. But while she was at Unity House, she did meet a woman who would become a friend of hers. And on August 17th, 2010, this friend comes to Amber's family home and asks Amber to take a trip with her to Edmonton, Canada, which is like a big city.
1: Right. And I know that this was like a big deal for Amber because she hadn't had much independence like we talked about and wanted to get out and do something, and she didn't have a whole lot of friends on top of it, so this was kind of a two-for-one kind of deal.
0: Right, and the woman booked the plane tickets and everything, and Tootsie, Amber's mom, kind of was a little skeptical and was like, why are you going to go there? What are you going to do? You know, she was like, this is too spontaneous. You didn't plan this out. You know, she was kind of trying to, like, warn her, like, this could be not that good of a trip, and it could be dangerous, and... Amber kind of downplayed all of that and was like, it's, we're only going to be gone two days. It's just us two and Jacob. We'll be fine. So
1: Amber chose to go. Is Edmonton like known as like a bad place? Because I've always thought everywhere in Canada was, you know, very happy and friendly. I'm, I'm just surprised that her mom would be this against her going somewhere, even, you know, With Jacob,
0: I don't know that her mom was that concerned about it being Edmonton or just that it was a quick trip and maybe she didn't know this girl that well and like what was the reason for this trip and that's still kind of up in the air like we don't know the 100% real reason for this trip but it did seem like just to go and get out of town for the weekend
1: and whose idea was it oh it was I remember that it was this woman's idea to bring Jacob along, too, right?
0: Yeah, well, she invited her and Jacob, knowing she had a son. But that's what makes me think if there was anything nefarious going on in this trip, they wouldn't have brought Jacob. Like, if Um, they were going there to party or drink or do anything like that, they wouldn't have brought Jacob.
1: I have a theory on that, and you're, I think, right. If, going down the thought process, you are right now, I think yes, they would not have brought the baby if they were intending to to do nefarious acts
0: absolutely yeah what's your what's your theory on it then
1: uh theories are at the end
0: of the podcast oh okay i think this is yeah, a good so- one though
1: i i really do think you're going to like this one i say that a lot but
0: okay like i said the the exact reason for this trip is really up in the air but supposedly it was just to go and have a good weekend and get out of town and have fun but in order to save money, because apparently Edmonton is pretty expensive, they ended up booking a motel room in a nearby town called Nisku, Alberta, which was near the airport. And also probably not the best area, because most of the time near the airport is not the best area.
1: No, it's not. It's surprising, too, how like sketchy airports really are, or the yeah. areas that they're usually in.
0: So they checked into this motel, And they planned on going to Edmonton later. So between 7.30 and 8.30 p.m. on August 18th, Amber left the motel room by herself. She left Jacob with her friend at the hotel. And every article that you read on this story or listen to or news broadcast gives a different reason why she left. Some say she went out to get food. Some others say that she was going into the city to go party. Some say she was going into the city to see sights. All seemed kind of weird without her friend and her son. But either way, she decided to head into the city.
1: Yeah, I've always thought that there was kind of like no one ever said what she was going there for, including her friend. So, yeah, I have I have my theory.
0: Yeah, a little iffy. But what we do know is that she was going to hitchhike there because obviously they didn't have a car. They flew to Edmonton. Hitchhiking was something that her mom, Tootsie, had talked to her about in the past, and it feels like, from what I've learned, is that this was kind of normal, and maybe because they lived in a small town, I'm not sure, because this is well past the age where we knew hitchhiking was dangerous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well past. I'm assuming it's because they lived in a small town, it was kind of more accepted, but she did always tell her to pretend to be on the phone with somebody even if nobody was on the other line just to kind of make the person think somebody knows where you are and who you're with and that's going to come into play a little bit later on in this story
1: yeah i mean interesting piece of advice nobody ever gave me advice about something like that but i guess no one's real worried about me getting kidnapped either
0: (laughs) the next morning august 19th when amber didn't come home the woman that she had traveled with called Amber's mom, Tootsie, and told her that Amber never came home the night before. She went into the city and didn't come home. Tootsie knew right away something was wrong, that there's no way Amber would have left Jacob with her friend and just left. So she immediately contacted the RCMP and tried to file a missing persons report.
1: RCMP stands for Royal Mounted Police. No, Royal Canadian Mounted Police.
0: Yeah, there you go. There
1: we go. Yep. For anybody who didn't know.
0: The RCMP handled this not the best. Their reaction to her reporting her daughter missing was terrible. Yeah. Didn't they just kind of treat it like
1: a runaway case?
0: Yeah. They pretty much told her mom that she was out partying and that she would contact her mom as soon as she was done binging or whatever she was doing and that her mom couldn't even report her missing for at least 24 hours. And Her mom was pissed.
1: I don't understand. I mean, was that of character for her? Because why would that be their first indication of that's what she was going to do? I mean, all signs pointed to somebody who wasn't going to do that, you know? Very young. Has a young son trying to get on their feet. Like, everything points in the opposite direction of this. Like, she's even so responsible, she brings her kid with her on, on vacation. She's not expecting him to stay at home with her parents. Right. So... I don't understand why that was there. I mean, is Edmonton a big party city or like? Yeah, I have no
0: idea. Because this case is mishandled from the beginning because her mom disagreed with this right away. She's like, I don't have to wait 24 hours. I know she's missing. She would have never left her son, especially with this random friend that she didn't even really know that well.
1: Exactly. Exactly. This just seems so out of character. And the police were just like,
0: eh. Yeah. But they made her wait, and there's also a lot of stuff in here about how her mom had to travel to Alberta to pick up her son from social services because the friend gave the kid to social services because she didn't know what to do, and then her mom had to get him from social services, and they gave her a hard time because he wasn't her legal guardian, and she's like, yeah, but her legal guardian is missing.
1: Yeah, why wouldn't you give it to the next set of kin? Like...
0: yeah. It was really kind of iffy, but she That's... ended up getting Jacob. But what a nightmare for this mother already. Her daughter's missing. The police won't look for her. And now social services won't give her her grandson because she's not his guardian. And she's like, but his guardian is missing and you won't look for her.
1: Yeah, I don't understand. Next to kin would seem really easy, like, in this circumstance.
0: Yeah. So it goes from bad to worse because about 10 days later, the RCMP recommended that the case be closed and Amber removed from the National Missing Persons because of reports of potential sightings and social media activity.
1: That's so bogus, man. Like, that's Which so is bogus. Lame. Yeah, it's so lame. Why would that be what closes the case? Like, oh, people said they saw her. Like, um... Who said that and who confirmed
0: that? Yeah, that's the thing is that they never confirmed any of this. They just took the tip and were like, oh, okay, she was cited. Case closed. She was on social media. It's like, guess what? She wasn't. And go look. There's been no activity on her social media. But that's what they went with. And then even later, they told a local newspaper that there was no reason to believe that she was in danger. It's like, well, if you don't know where she is, how do you know that?
1: Yeah, right? You can't definitively say that. You don't know where she is.
0: Yeah, it's it's really messed up. Do so, you think
1: the Can- Royal Canadian Mounted Police were in on it? No. No, that's a crazy theory.
0: I think this specific department was in over their head and didn't know what they were doing. I don't even think it was necessarily blatant racism or sexism or anything like that. I think they were really not good at their job. I think they didn't want to work they didn't want to investigate it
1: just to try to sweep this under the rug just like whoop, whoopsie's up whoop, there it is i mean that's that's so bad <laughs> like on yeah. so many levels like that's that is terrible
0: yeah like i said early on in the investigation the rcmp made the decision to take her off of the missing persons database and her family feels like this was the worst thing that they could have done because it took months to get her back onto the list once they took her off so all that time wasted and then also all the property that she had left in the room in the motel room the initial police department had taken that when she went missing and they destroyed it they didn't even give it back to her family they just destroyed all of her personal belongings
1: see this is what i mean are we sure they're not involved are we sure that they don't play some kind of role somewhere in this that's I mean, strange behavior. They're That's covering stuff up, isn't it?
0: Well, it's severe negligence for sure because I'm sure that's part of their process is when somebody's removed, then they close the case and destroy the evidence and that's the end of it. But it's like, you should have never closed the case. She wasn't found. And was it
1: destroyed like in a uncommon way or was it just like signed, sealed, delivered? Yeah, no, we all knew that was going to happen. We were all okay with it. No,
0: you know? it was destroyed- Legitimately, like how they destroy evidence.
1: It was just like, okay, like coming down from the sergeant to destroy this. Like,
0: yeah, it's it was legitimately destroyed, it was illegitimately closed.
1: Hmm. Seems fishy,
0: it is fishy, it's very, very fishy. But her mom Tootsie wasn't even interviewed until four months after she went missing. Like, that's how much they didn't give a shit.
1: Why is nobody asking her anything? Like, This is just so poorly done. Yeah. Every step of the way.
0: Yeah, so it it was handled very poorly from the beginning. And her mom has had to fight for any little tiny bit of investigation that they've done. Like, she's had to force the issue. That's just not okay either. No, it's terrible. So, by August of 2012, she's been missing now for two years? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So by August of 2012, the RCMP released a one-minute portion of a 17-minute phone call that Amber had had with her brother on the night that she disappeared. Now, the reason that we have this recording is because her brother was in an Edmonton remand center, which may have been one of the reasons for her visit to Edmonton, was to visit her brother.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Maybe... Okay, that starts to deteriorate my theory, but okay.
0: But this has been two years now that she's been missing that the police haven't really investigated. They're just like, oh yeah, she's out partying. She'll come home. And it's like, okay, well, she hasn't been home. So by August of 2012, they released this one minute portion of this audio. So either he called her or she called him and they've released one minute of a 17 minute phone call. And in that one minute... She's heard talking to a man that she's in a car with. So it's assumed that this is the man that picked her up hitchhiking that night.
1: I'd say that's a pretty fair assumption.
0: Yeah, and she isn't talking to her brother in the phone call. She's talking to the man in the car and it's recorded. Now, we haven't heard the other 16 minutes of the audio, so maybe she talked to her brother in that 16 minutes. But in the one minute that they released, the only voices you hear are her and the guy that she's in the car with.
1: Did they ever say why we can't hear the other, like, the rest of that audio? No. I've never heard a reason. Oh, they're, okay. Yeah, because I've never heard a a reason, which just makes it even that much more suspect.
0: Yeah. But her brother Paul has said that the investigators had that audio for over a year before they released it, which is, like, mind-blowing. Because if this is the guy that picked her up hitchhiking, he was the last person to see her alive. We need to know who he is. And his voice is on this recording. Like, somebody could w- have recognized that if they release it.
1: How did they even come up with that? Like, who thought to grab this or who thought to give this Her to brother. investigators? Oh, he did? Yeah. That it was that it was recorded? He knew that it was all recorded and stuff?
0: Yeah. So we're going to play that one-minute portion of the audio for you right now in the hopes that one of you recognizes the voice, but also so you can hear what we're talking about. Where are we we're just heading south of uh, Beaumont, or north of Beaumont. We're heading north to Beaumont. Yo, where are we going? No, this the is not. A- are you f-ing kidding me? Not? You're me. You, you better not take me anywhere. I don't want to go. I, wanna go I want to go into the city. Yo, we're not going into the city, are we? Uh, we're no, we're not. So where are roads going to? Fiftieth Street. Fiftieth Street, are you sure? Absolutely. No, so where are we going? Fiftieth Street. Fiftieth Street. Fiftieth Street. Street. East, right? East. is of Bound.
1: So my initial takeaway from that is it. she sounds a little loopy, like, you know, maybe she had been drinking or drugged is more kind of what I'm thinking. But she sounds a little loopy to me.
0: Yeah, she sounds scared to me. Scared, too. But yeah. trying to act like she wasn't scared, which is I feel like what you would do in that situation.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would think so, too. But I don't know. I think it's a... That's, I think, the perfect description. I think it sounds, to me, a little loopy and, and a lot of scared trying to act like you're not.
0: Yeah. But she does sound pretty clear that she knew they weren't going the right way.
1: Right. Yeah. Very much so.
0: Investigators have said that the man's voice in this recording is probably the man that picked her up.
1: I mean, what a, who else could it be? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense that it could even be anybody else at this point when you hear that when you hear yeah them in the car together her knowing not going the right way like it,
0: and then it the really way the phone call else. drops yep yeah it's bad so after they released this audio to the public of course they got tips so if they would have released it sooner they maybe would have gotten more tips but after they released <laughs> he, it yeah to the public they got tips from three separate women and they all named the same man as the voice on the recording.
1: Yeah, I know. I've I've heard that, but they were able to give him an alibi, right?
0: Well, they've never said that. All the RCMP says is that he was cleared of having any involvement. So they've never named him and they haven't even said how they cleared him. Yeah. Mm. But to me that's pretty sketchy that three different women
1: Yeah. No, it's totally it's totally suspect and they never released that guy's name, did they?
0: No. I don't... Well, mm. Maybe, but I didn't look it up. Got it. Okay. I didn't see it, at least, when I was researching this. So, her mom, Tootsie, has shared that recording on her social media a hundred million times, trying to urge people to come forward if they recognize the voice.
1: We'll do the same. If you recognize that voice, please come forward and let uh, somebody know. Start with us if you need to, and we'll take it from there.
0: I've listened to it a million times, and... A lot of people say it sounds like a Canadian accent, but I don't hear a whole lot of a Canadian accent in his voice.
1: In Canada and and like Minnesota.
0: Which is kind of Canadian.
1: (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they're very similar. So Yeah, one person could say, Oh, he had a Canadian accent and it could sound more like he was from, you know, the northern part of Michigan.
0: Yeah, totally. So that was where the case stood for a while, more than two years after she went missing. And then in September of 2012, a group of horseback riders found a human skull on a rural property in Leduc County, and they obviously called the RCMP. Where this area is, it's south of the motel that Amber and her friend had been staying at in Nisku, and it's only... 35 kilometers away from Edmonton. And I should have looked up how far kilometers is because we don't use that here. So I don't know if that's really far or really close, to be honest with you.
1: (laughs) Hang on, I'll look it up real quick. 35 kilometers? Yeah. It's about 21 miles, a little over 21 and a half
0: miles. Okay, so not that far south of Edmonton.
1: No, not too far at all.
0: Even though these bones were found just a couple of days after the audio was released, the RCMP has been adamant saying that the release of the audio isn't connected with them finding the bones at all. It was just coincidence. But the remains later were identified by the medical examiner as being Amber Takaro's remains.
1: Yes, it's not too surprising. You know, she wasn't too too far.
0: Yeah. And where her bones were found was a 17-minute drive from her motel.
1: Ah, uh-huh. yep. Yeah, that seems to, seems to make quite a bit of sense, like, you know. Yeah.
0: To me, that's too coincidental to, like, if she had caught a ride from that other guy, got dropped off somewhere else, how did she end up the exact amount of time away from her motel as the phone call that was recorded?
1: Good point. Yeah, that's a really, really good point, so.
0: Yep. So, after her remains were found, her case was taken over by the CARE unit, which is, like, their homicide unit, and her cause of death was never released, but it was deemed as suspicious. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah,
1: the whole thing is suspicious. The way the police handled it is suspicious.
0: Big time. So partial remains of four other women have been found like right in that near area within a couple of kilometers of where Amber's body was found. So a lot of people think that maybe she was a victim of a serial killer, but the RCMP has never said that, but they've never ruled it out either.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. And those four women went missing between 2002 and 2004. So they were like quite a few years before her.
1: Yeah. But, you know, we know serial killers sometimes will go on, you know, these larger sprees, maybe do two, three close together. Right. Or, you know, spread out quite a bit and then... You know, go on hiatus for a little bit and then that urge comes back and they do it again. So, yeah, that's not, and they that could still happen.
0: Yeah. And they were all indigenous women and they were all known to hitchhike around the time of their disappearances. So, I mean, very similar MOs, even if the dates are kind of stretched out, you know.
1: So I know that this was like super mismanaged and done so poorly and her family really went to bat and did all that they could to get them to do anything, but all they got out of them was like kind of a sorry apology, right?
0: Yeah, which was total bullshit. Her mom had to file an official complaint with the Commission for Public Complaints about the Leduc RCMP and it had a lot in this complaint and they took forever To, you know, review it and do all that. And then their recommendation was to issue a public apology to her family for the mishandling of her case. It's like, well, first of all, that doesn't change (laughs) the way that you mishandled it. At all. In the slightest. Yeah. And when they did the public apology, they like threw it in at the end of something else that they were doing. And her mom was there. And her mom stood up and was like, I don't accept your apology because you're only giving it to me because you're forced to and you need to take responsibility and change what the way you do things and stuff like that. And while she was talking, they got up and left. They walked out. Yeah. Oh, my. How can you sit there as a
1: policing agency, as somebody's complaining about your shoddy work and you just are like, fuck you, lady, I'm out and just gone.
0: Yep. And they were forced by this review board to issue this apology. So they literally, like, said it, and then when she started to respond, they just got up and walked out. It was like, so you really didn't mean it. You were only saying it because they were forcing you to. Wow. It's pretty crazy. That's, that is bad. That is really bad.
1: Shame on you, you people who walked out. How dare you?
0: Yeah. So the one really good thing that has come out of this case, even though her family has no answers is that Tootsie and her brother Paul have been super involved with missing and murdered indigenous women and different organizations that have tried to bring awareness to some of these cases in Canada that aren't getting the proper attention that they deserve or any attention. And they really have put years of hard work into this. Her brother testifies at all kinds of inquiries and spends hours trying to help families of victims and same with her mom. And they express publicly their frustration with the way the RCMP handled this and how they could be... So much better if they would just stick to their policies and procedures with every case, no matter who it is. And
1: I know exactly. I know part of this, too, is that they think that it was because she was a woman of color. She was indigenous mm-hmm. to Canada that they just kind of were like, whatever. And that speaks volumes, especially when, you know, we've heard that Canada's had those schools where they found all the dead children. Like it's unfortunate. Residential schools, yeah. Yeah. It's like. It's, it shows that things really haven't changed, apparently, with the indigenous people up there, which I'm surprised about. You know, you always hear about yeah. how, how friendly Canadians are.
0: And I have read, and I haven't confirmed that anywhere, but I did read on one site that her mom, Tootsie, actually was in one of those residential schools when she was a child.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so she's seen firsthand how this stuff goes down. Like, Yeah.
0: So following years of their hard work and testifying and inquiries and different things, in 2018, an independent federal review based on all these complaints by the families that were filed in 2014, they did find that the Leduc RCMP investigation was deficient, which is like a total understatement.
1: Right? Like, that's what I was thinking, like, deficient. That's the the word we're going to go with? Like, that's it?
0: It's like it was a little more than deficient. It was blatantly neglected, and beyond that, just the torture you put her family through having to not only have their daughter missing and then find out she was murdered but find out that you guys have done nothing for four years like it's it's bad so the report that was released said that the officers weren't properly trained and blah 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 and that they weren't adhering to the guidelines and procedures and that's when they issued that statement that said that they had to publicly apologize
1: it's like if that's all you're being asked to do is to apologize and even that is too much for you like you're in the wrong profession you know like <laughs> yeah i would think a police officer or an agency who wasn't able to find the person would be like hey we are so sorry we were unable to find this person we did everything we can not yeah we're not even gonna look so sorry about that and it's like yeah. how dare you guys
0: well, like I said, hopefully this changes the way at least this department handles these cases. Like, hopefully they learn from this because this was pretty publicly a disaster for them. Yeah, like they oh, don't look absolutely.
1: Good. Well, and they continue to not look good with with those kinds of actions, too. Like-
0: yeah, because that report let out a bunch of stuff. It said that there was like... Inaccurate information that was released to the media, they took too long to interview it. Like, it laid out in 120 pages everything they did wrong.
1: That's tough.
0: (laughs) It is tough. But the one thing that it didn't say was that none of this was a result of racial bias, saying that no evidence could be found during this inquiry to support that this was done because they were racist, which... I like I said it may not necessarily have been blatant it was just like ingrained like they just don't care
1: they and they're showing that they don't care like they're yeah go they're more or less going on record saying listen indigenous woman we could absolutely care less what you have to say and we're leaving so
0: goodbye yeah and it's like i said that may not be racism in the form of like you know, right in your face, but it is in the form of I don't care what you're saying. Like I don't I don't care about this person. I don't it's like why? Why don't you care about her? Like why don't you care about her the same way you care about this girl that you did investigate, you know?
1: Yeah, it all comes leads back to one area.
0: It's awful. Yeah. So there was other recommendations in there besides the apology, like they were supposed to get retraining and all that stuff. And I don't know if that's ever happened. They vowed that it would, but their apology was less than stellar, so... And that was the easiest thing in their recommendation. It's terrible, yep. So there has been some movement recently in her case. In 2019, her family filed paperwork to exhume her remains for DNA testing because they don't trust the police so much that they're not confident that it's her remains. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They say that the reason that they have so many doubts is because they identified those remains so quickly after those bones were found. And they're like, how? Interesting. Yeah. So they want to exhume her body because they want to test it against Jacob's DNA and confirm that it's actually her. Because they don't trust the police so much that they're not even certain that it's her. That is so sad. That's
1: crazy. That is... Yeah. That is... Legitimately crazy.
0: Yep. So just recently, too, in January of 2020, the RCMP did say that a guy who had contacted the RCMP in December of 2019 made a bunch of Facebook posts alleging that his dad was the man's voice in the recording. This guy lives in Utah, but he claims that his dad has lived in Edmonton since 2009 and that he's responsible for a bunch of other cases and all this stuff. Like, this guy's like, dude, this is my dad. But the RCMP says that a lot of the cases that he said his dad is responsible for are already solved. So they're like, eh.
1: I mean, his kid could be wrong. He wasn't there when he killed the people, you know? Yeah. be like, look, there's a few of these that sound like it could be him, like,
0: And they said that he's made false allegations against his dad in the past. Oh, jeez. nobody's really commenting on that, but it was kind of like a a bump again in the the news cycle for this story.
1: Yeah, that's weird. That's a strange thing to
0: lie about. But according to the RCMP, her case is still open, and no arrests have ever been made, and the man on the voice recording has never been identified. So... Anybody with information regarding this case, or if you think you recognize the voice on the recording,
1: please come to our Instagram at From Crime to Crime and let us know first. Oh, you're right. You're right. Send us an email, directly email. No.
0: Please call the RCMP at 780-412-5261 or Project CARE at 1-877-412-5273 or submit a tip anonymously via Crime Stoppers, which... To be honest with you, it feels like the safest way.
1: I was going to say, those last two are probably the only ones I would even think about because we just spent yeah. quite a while ripping on the, the Canadian Mounted Police Association. Yeah. And they should not get the tip first because then they're going to blow it. Yeah. So come to our Instagram. At from
0: Cram to Cram. So that's the really, really sad case of Amber Takaro.
1: Yeah. that's That is a rough one, you know. And I think the roughest part is that the people who are supposed to care didn't, you know, I hate that's just I hate that kind of stuff. Like, you can't trust the people who are supposed to be in charge of it. Who who can you trust? Yeah. Answer is Grant and Erica at From Crime to Crime.
0: It's so funny because with unsolved cases, you don't like them because you like answers, but you love theory land. And you That's only because get have theory great Land ones. with an unsolved case.
1: Yeah, I like the closure of the solved cases, but I do like the ridiculousness that I can come up with. But I don't think this is ridiculous at all. So I think this friend lured Amber to Edmonton and tried to make it super cool, no big deal, by bringing her kid along. Yeah, bring him. Why not? And I think that hitchhiker thing was more set up than we were led to believe. I think that this was probably some kind of a set up abduction with the friend from from whatever house and uh, and this guy. But why? Um, you know, the motive for stuff like this is really hard, but I think there is just because it's really.
0: It. No, think about it.
1: I mean, they. why would she would her... set
0: up the abduction of her friend? That doesn't make sense
1: because it wasn't really her friend. It was you know, somebody she met, and like this was her thing. She lured people to these areas, and this dude, maybe her boyfriend, maybe her captor, I don't know, would then go on from there. My other part of that is I think this dude is part of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police Association. Yeah. And I think that's why they keep covering up, because I think he's probably pretty high up there. So they're destroying things quicker than they should. They're not releasing things when they're saying they should. And, you know, maybe the people who are like, hey, I, I know that voice. Maybe it's the a police chief or, you know, somebody somebody higher up. Hmm. Interesting.
0: I don't think the RCMP was involved in the actual situation. I think they were just so bad at their jobs it made it look like it.
1: They were so bad at their jobs that it's even a possibility. So I'm going to blame them for this. I think that they had something to do with it. I think at least some of them did. Kind of like Johnny Gosh, you know, how that one yeah. was so poorly ran.
0: Now, I think Johnny Gosh, I think they were involved so. Was a whole <laughs> other I think so too. Thing. <laughs> but this one I don't think so. I think they were just really bad at their jobs and I think there was racial bias and
1: I absolutely think that's what happened. I completely yeah. think that's the end all be all of it, but I yeah. I also think that she could have been lured there by this woman because the, yeah. the woman didn't even know why she why she left with her like without her kid like that's I suspect think that's too. my
0: theory is that I think the woman did know but she was trying to cover for Amber with her family but that's saying, the thing
1: I don't know like what do you mean you don't know either she no woke she didn't up and tell left. the
0: family she didn't know she told the family that Amber was hitchhiking in to go get food for all of them and then never came back
1: no that's right yeah I think that's a bogus story
0: yeah I think so too I don't think that's what she was doing No. So I think she was doing maybe something that she shouldn't have been doing, but I don't know what that could be. I think she was hitchhiking from the motel and she got into the car with a murderer. And yeah, that sucks. I mean, we could speculate all night long on why she was hitchhiking and where she was going and what she was doing, but... In the end, she was hitchhiking, and it was something that she had done before. So wherever she was going, I don't think it had anything to do with this guy that picked her up. I think she got in the car with the wrong guy. I think
1: she got went into the car with the murderer, too, and I think there was a chance that it was set up.
0: Yeah, so either way, if you know the voice on the recording, please, please, please call Crime Stoppers. Or us. Mostly Crime Stoppers.
1: But Crime <laughs> Stoppers first should be your first stop. But if they're busy yes. or something, you can come to us.
0: Okay, they won't be busy. But you should call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477.
1: If you come to us first, we'll send you a From Crime to Crime t-shirt, though. They won't. No. All right, bud. All right. Cool. Well, this one was fun. I'm glad we uh, we covered it. I've Like I said, I'd known it, but now I'm glad we have to de- dive in a little deeper.
0: Hey, this is our last recording of you as a single man.
1: We'll have, I think we'll have one next week.
0: But it won't be released until after your wedding. Oh, I guess. Like,
1: this is the last thing people
0: are going to hear before you're a married man.
1: Yeah. Well.
0: I wonder if you're going to sound different next week. I could. Yeah.
1: Do you think I'll sound more manly? Or less? I don't know.
0: Your left hand might weigh more, so you might, like, lean towards the mic differently.
1: That's true. And I already got that messed up elbow on my left hand side, so it's going to be all cattywampus. Oh,
0: yeah. (laughs) Janky elbow. Yeah.
1: So, (laughs)
0: I wish the, I don't know why that's so funny to me That your arms are different lengths
1: I don't know but it was pretty funny to the seamstress When she was doing my suit <laughs> uh, Can you do this arm too Oh no it's okay I did this one No I understand but um, My arms actually aren't the same length This one doesn't the left one doesn't go straight Oh Oh and then she measured my pants And she was like um your legs are the Fine right <laughs> I was yeah. like yeah. Those are fine.
0: You're like, it's no, I got mad. one janky leg, too. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. I know. All right. So, well, nope. if
0: anybody's interested, we'll post a picture on our Instagram of Grant's short arm. <laughs> it's yeah, really we will, not because it's super funny. It's really not noticeable. Oh, I know. I didn't know about it for years until you pointed yeah. it out to me one time, and now I can't stop looking at it.
1: Oh, you and your one good eye, huh? <laughs> look, You guys can look at something else. <laughs> <laughs> you see what's going on around team. you, yeah. <laughs> just make fun of each other. Make fun of each other's deformities.
0: Yeah. Hey, at least I have both of my eyes, and they're the same size. They just don't work the same.
1: What? Is, what kind of like insult is that? Both of my arms work perfectly fine.
0: I know. There's. Really That's what I'm no, saying. Like, Our deformities right? are different. Mine look like they're functioning properly. They just don't. Yours look janky, but they function right.
1: For the most part. When it gets cold, it really tightens up on me. But other than that, it's pretty good.
0: All right. Well, I got to go because I got to work on my best man speech.
1: Yeah, me too. (laughs) For what? (laughs) I don't know. Just, you know, solidarity.
0: Okay, cool. Glad.
1: (laughs) All right. All right, guys. I love you.
0: I love you too. I will see you next week when you are Mr. Christine Dowling.
1: Here it comes, part of a lifetime.